Get your questions ready for Ask Ozzy, Ask Ozzy. How to open up some doors Ask Ozzy, Ask Ozzy. Work-life balance, what's that for? Ask Ozzy, Ask Ozzy. What if I've been here before? Ask Ozzy, Ask Ozzy. You know what to do, you know to call your dad. Ask Ozzy, Ask Ozzy, Ask Ozzy. Yeah. Happy day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Ozzy. I have Michael here. Um, and as we discussed on our last episode, I guess, depending on when we release these, <laughs> this whole season is Ask Ozzy and Guest or Ask Ozzy and Friends. So we do have a friend here today. We have Adam. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. Great to be here. Good to see you. Cole. I know. Good to see you. My brother's name is actually Adam. How funny. Fun you're, 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 you come from a double A family then, right? A triple A. Adam, <laughs> Austin, Andy. Wow. All A's. That's the trifecta. I know. It's kind of wild. I love it. But then it's like, do we continue that trend? Right. With children? You know, some families do that for generations and generations. So. I mean, in that regard, my, my, yeah, I go by Adam W. Barney, but my middle name is Wellington, which goes oh, back okay. five generations on my, my, the paternal side of my family. Um, no. unfortunately I realized that we, in my heart of hearts, I have two young daughters and realized that, that I would probably never have a son. So the first kid that we have is the, the dog and his name is Welly because Aww. he goes by the middle name and I'm the last of the, the, the Barneys on the male lineage side of the family. So that, so that, that dog has, has built that personality for himself. It's He's going to carry the legacy. He's gonna at least as long as he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog? Uh, he's he's a rescue. He's a basset hound poodle mix, but wow. he has um. What a unique mix! I'm sorry, I've never heard of those two together. Oh, Michael loves dogs. Yeah, actually, this, dogs. <laughs> this, this this is a funny story. We we when we first got him about ten years ago, uh, we actually had a lot of friends who were having their first kids and were doing mm. DNA or you know baby gender oh, reveal yes, parties. Yes, yes. We actually threw a, a doggy DNA reveal party. Yeah. You know, got one of like the over-the-counter DNA tests for dogs, um, got the test back, put a party together, raised funds for the rescue. We Aww, got that's beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Did, like, so the raffle for who guessed the closest to what the results turned out to be. Oh. But it was a wild party because I, no didn't, I, I had the PDF downloaded on my desktop and, you know, airdropped it or, or streamed it, you know, to the TV in the room, but I had not seen the results. Oh, oh. so it was like a live, live the, surprise. The surprise <laughs> part of it was there's like a small percentage of bull mastiff in there, but he looks like a basset hound with a poodle fur wearing, uh. with, you know, he's grayed out, but it was black fur with a white chest. So he looks Aww. like he's wearing a tuxedo. He's a, he's a fantastic Aww. tuxedo. That's beautiful. We love dogs on this show. We are. Michael uh, has some dogs. I got two and a cat. And then, you know, goose, of course. So this is a dog, <laughs> but it's fun. I feel like the adopting dogs, the element of surprise is always fun. And the DNA test is that's cool. You kind of did what people do for, humans i've never heard of a dna party though i've heard of like a gender reveal 
Yep. Which yep. are ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. so we played off of the ridiculousness and, and did our own thing. And, and I love that. I think we've inspired other people over the years in, in telling them about this to, to do the same for their, their rescue dog to figure out what's, what's in that, that DNA set. You know, and yeah. whether it's accurate or not accurate, you could debate that until the cows come home. Well, but, I uh, think it's pretty accurate. We did one for Goose, and then we did a deep dive on his two breeds. Like, because YouTube, there's some interesting videos of, like, get to know your breed. <laughs> and you can go down a rabbit hole of mm -hmm. maybe having a gummy and watching those because <laughs> it's pretty fun. But um, let's talk about you. So Adam and I met um, during Morning Brew's Learning Brew program. I think we were in the same cohort, right? I At the time, they had this program, MBA. I think they rebranded it now. But that's kind of where our paths cross, correct? That is correct. Yeah, they've rebranded it to be the business, the BEA, the Business Essentials Accelerator program now. Okay. But talk about a fun program to go through in the sort of early days of COVID as well. Yeah. Like for a highly intentional co virtual cohort-based learning program. Mm -hmm. I, I talk a lot about intentionality being so important when you bring community together. And that is one where that energy, you know, comes together and is really eclipsed through the, the almost 4,000 alumni that have gone through the learning at Morning Brew programs. Yeah. No, I love Morning Brew. We're actually going to have Kyle come on the show, which Michael's excited about. I am too, but I've met him before. Yeah, um, but it's really so cool weird. to see what they. Awesome. What did you say? So that's such a weird way to put it. Michael's excited about Kyle. I'm very excited. I've just met him before. I guess you, that's kind of the concept. Yeah, you you also talk to him more than I have ever. So I've talked to him. yeah, Michael gets to meet a lot of fun people through. I like meeting show. people. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool. I love their tone and their newsletters and everything. And it really echoed through their education program. And I think the Slack group is probably the best part of that and the connections you're able to make, which I think is the traditional of like a traditional MBA or something, right? It's all about the people you meet exactly. versus maybe the content of the course. Because I feel like I didn't really study much in my school, schooling. <laughs> um so let's talk about you you started out in like tech you worked for a lot of different companies and then you started your own company right that's right walk us through that because i've always been curious to do something like that but never have made the jump so just like anything i mean i i'm someone who just for the deep background spent over two decades in a non-linear marketing career in tech companies i started this is a, a very odd thing, but I just mention it because it's it's a kind of explains the nonlinearity of my journey. Um, I started the first job after I graduated from college. I found it on Craigslist, and this was at a, a company that had built a proprietary bid management engine in the infancy of digital marketing for paid search campaigns. <laughs> so, talk about a really deeply analytic driven marketing in the early, early days of digital. And that was a really fascinating experience in a, in a true startup environment. I mean, I was sitting next to two coworkers in that job in a fishbowl. So three of us in a row with a glass wall behind us that the senior leadership could basically see everything we were doing on our screen. <laughs> 
the whole time, but that ended up then getting um, actually acquired by Verizon Information Services, which you think about, you know, 20 years ago, that's who's publishing the giant phone book that shows up on your front steps every year. But really fascinating experience, number one, to find the job on Craigslist. I don't think that happens. That, that's a very unique time in the world <laughs> to find a job on Craigslist. Um, but transformative understanding of working in a VC environment and seeing how that, that operates is where I started my, my career. That ended up um, moving into working in the big agency world for almost 10 years, um, you know, working for an agency here in Boston that grew and ended up being acquired actually by the Publicis Group, which is a French-owned holding company. The, the agency was Digitas. It's still around. Oddly enough, that's actually interspersed back into my nonlinear career journey a few times in a few different ways. Um, but that's where I really upcharged my leadership capability, leading teams of 15 plus people, you know, working with clients that I learned a lot from. But when you talk about the evolution of my own career and moving into launching my own business as a coach, it's been about understanding that I can actually follow my own value set in terms of what I'm doing. So I, I mentioned that because back in those agency days, I was working with uh, clients like Bank of America through the 2008 financial crisis. And it was an unbelievable leadership opportunity because you did get to really communicate at the C-level with an organization and help drive transformation. But I would go home at night and be like, I'm helping enable one of the most evil organizations in the world grow bigger as they gobble up Merrill Lynch. I was, I was focused in mergers and acquisitions of all things from a marketing standpoint. You know, you're just seeing all this, this activity and you can't rectify it when you go home at night with the way that your value set aligns. So allowed me to level up, but, but that started to sort of question where I'm coming from and how I can do something that's more value-based. Um, coming out of that role, I think, especially now in the last few years in terms of job searching, the, the network is what allows you to take those next steps in your career to the next organization or the next level. And that's what happened coming out of that agency role. Um, I ended up moving into an organization uh, that, that was bringing grocery chains in, into the digital age. I led an off-platform media activation team for them. Um, I, there are two important things that came out of that journey. I, I bagged groceries in high school. I never thought I would get a deeper understanding of the grocery industry, but I got it through that, that position. We were working with uh, Safeway Albertsons in, in that role, helping them across 13 regional grocery chains within the U.S operationalize um, and succeed through digital marketing. But, you know, that was a uh, that was also a, a company that was started by it was a company called My Web Grocer that was started by three brothers. Austin based, you know, would you ever start a company with three brothers? Your three brothers? Or your I don't think so. Brothers? That's but yeah. that's how companies get started sometimes <laughs> or like family. Right? True. Family uh, or friends. Yeah. Fast, fast forward a couple of years after I, I ended up leaving that role and they got implicated in this huge scheme in the state of Vermont with Stop. not paying their employees. Fully. So talk about 
you know, dramatic end to yeah. an organization. Awkward. That's like movies, though. Yeah. It, was, it was like the movie. Succession. That was, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a role I ended up, um, you know, moving into. And I'm mentioning this because it's really this this full journey that, that has yeah, led me to build my own business. I was heavily recruited by Microsoft. I took my marketing hat off, put a sales hat on. Uh, you know, I was selling Bing ads to, to to customers, already investing pretty heavily annually on the platform, but it wasn't a product I was passionate about selling. Uh, is it, Bing you know, still around? Bing is still yes. around. <laughs> they actually, in the AI craze, launched their own sort of flavor of an AI tool, which has oh, arguably man. been pretty successful. Bing is still around. Interesting. I you know, but, but, you know, Incidentally, that was the company I was working for when our first daughter was born, who's now seven in, sec- in second grade. Microsoft is a gigantic organization. Mm-hmm. Like if you talk about starting my career in an organization with probably 35 employees, moving to a big agency that turns into a global agency with thousands upon thousands of different flavors of, of you know, work all over the world happening move to to a small organization that's that's in the grocery space then move back into microsoft microsoft is by far the largest organization i've ever had the opportunity to work for but you know i i i I find it found it a hugely inspiring place to work even though i wasn't passionate about what i was doing because satya nadella was at that point you know and still is in the leadership at microsoft talk about a transcendent leader who even in a, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of global employee organization, and you're the tiniest needle in a haystack, you could feel that energy emanating from the leadership and dripping down within the organization to bring positivity to the mm-hmm. way people um, would, would go about their day-to-day work within, with, within that job. Uh, Leading me to this, you know, two, two other transformational things that I went through and build this resilience path for myself. Microsoft was the first role I was laid off from. That was due to a sales team. How role. was that? Let's talk about layoffs. Oh, my goodness. I just yeah. love seeing how everyone reacts because, you know, my husband always says, like, everyone should be laid off once. And I think it's true after being laid off. I, I think I, being laid off is not something you want. You know, if, if it happens 10, 15 times within your career, there's probably something bigger happening there that you, mm-hmm. you need to, to focus on. But being laid off or let go from a position, whether it's a, a high position, a low position, whatever the case is, really helps you understand how you become resilient stepping out of that. Yes. Um, I that role at Microsoft was not a role that I was passionate about. Uh, I I ended up I one story that came out of that I was it was a sales role right so I ended up taking some clients to go to a WWE event mm-hmm. and we ended up getting the seats that you actually pick up and take your seat home <laughs> once, once the event ends. Like the folding chair, the folding like chair. So I have that's amazing. I, I have a <laughs> WWE chair that's somewhere in my basement here that I that's walk so out of the Southern New Hampshire University Arena in Manchester, New Hampshire, carrying back to the hotel. 
This is why That's... does people want the chair? Is because like they well, because yeah. wrestlers take it and smash people with it. So. I know they launch your chair. I mean, they could they take your turn, Smash? <laughs> so we took the chair. It, it was a wild That's event. Awesome. So, so interesting things. But, but literally, we we were working in a WeWork because it was cheaper than renting space from Microsoft corporate. Um, I oh, got a meeting set up with an HR leader on a different floor from where where our office was. Ended up going to that room. The, oh, new, the news was delivered, had no opportunity to go back to my desk to pack anything up. Um, that was that was a really interesting situation in itself. But then there was no severance package. Mm. There was no help to step out of that and figure out what was next. Based on the way that I work, though, I, I am really built on the platform of optimism and autonomy being the key two pieces that you can use to be resilient and step out of any challenging situation. It's a little bit of that mindset work as well. Um, but it was a beautiful, I think it was like a late August day in Boston, step out on the street. It's nice and sunny and hot. I call my wife and I go, you'll never, you know, guess what just happened. And that was that was it. And she goes, thank she goes, thank goodness that happened. <laughs> she yeah, knew that job good. wasn't the right place for me to be. Uh, and, you know, I, I hopped on the subway. I came back home. I, I took Wellie. I took the dog out for a walk. And that was all the recovery that I needed to then go. All right. I'm excited for the next challenge that, that I'm going to unlock. This isn't the end of the the book right this is just turning the page to the next chapter and i stepped out of that and actually took the first first swing at being an entrepreneur and built a, a, a executional marketing practice here in boston oh so you started a company i started a company it was due to sitting down with some friends who lived around the corner who come from the ux world but had stepped out of the startup world to build their own independent UX practice. I, I, I don't know how anyone else's relationships work. I know how mine works, but I could never work in, in you know, a 300 square foot apartment with my partner, mm -hmm. my, my wife, you know, and we, we would kill each other <laughs> to be 100% honest. He, he and, and his partner um, ended up actually being able to do that and manage their UX business. But they 100% network influenced me to go and build that business. That's, that's really the key in that relationship. Uh, you know, went, went down that. Any, just like getting laid off, though, the first time you start a business, it's hard to figure out what the guardrails are, how to build the process, figure out what you're doing. Um, I, you know, ran that practice for about a year. It actually influenced me in a more long form um, position to do, uh, you know, hustle work on the side, contract work on the mm -hmm. side as I stepped into the following roles. Um, but built that infrastructure, you know, pounded the pavement to drive sales, ended up really over indexing on my bookability but not feeling passionate about what I was doing, again, necessarily from doing executional paid search, dig digital marketing contract work. Mm. That said, um, the network drove the next step within my career. I ended up pivoting a little bit 
and joining another large organization, Akamai Technologies, that has been around for about 25 years now, really launched the idea of decentralized internet. If you want to go back to watching Silicon Valley, um, Mm -hmm. there's definitely an episode where Akamai got name dropped while I was there. And you're like, wow, I'm actually working at a really, (laughs) really, you know, dynamic organization. Um, But I was brought in there to lead global demand marketing, really driving relationships across the global organization from a center of excellence standpoint to drive sales enablement and pipeline that that's that's ultimately what that that role laddered back down to um i spent three years working working at akamai you know built this huge network it was based on marketing acumen but it was really again based on relationship building more than anything else and ended up you know really really seeing some interesting leadership once again (laughs) Uh, come into play. Um, you know, I'm someone who, who threads through a real deep belief and value set focused on justice and equity. And, you know, I've I've gone on some other steps post either even morning at Learning Brew to to sort of build that knowledge and that acumen to a to a higher level so that I can utilize it. But um, you know, a fantastic organization again to work for. Interesting leadership, not as inspirational as Satya Nadella, but you learned a little bit more on how to be a leader that's truly effective through working in an organization where you felt like, you know, uh, Elliott Capital Capital Management came in, right? And you could see the circle of influence come in across the way the organization was being driven by having that, that large financial leader step in to drive the, 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 the direction of the organization. Uh, you know, that led me to a place, though, in that role where I had had four bosses within three years, each get shown the door. You used to see cyclically that, that those layoffs would come. So you would mm-hmm. hit late February and you would hear about a swath of whether it's you know, out of 4,000 global employees, it's 200 employees or it's 400 employees. And they would, you know, totally be in that cyclical financial led revolution of how to pivot the business, increase earnings per share by showing people the door. So that even further influenced my own understanding of the, the, the loyalty equation with with a organization and its employees an understanding that loyalty doesn't really exist in in, in that that mm-hmm. capitalist sort of mindset struggled with that um i also you know realized that um that that was an organization that i don't think i was going to really be able to drive change in due to the way that leadership you know worked and and but that ended up, you know, turning into our second daughter being born again, a financial, you know, parental leave policy. Nice. Um, I went back actually in early 2021 and um, had taken my time off to be with with our second daughter, was back in that role for I think it was five business days, got that weird ominous meeting set up for over Zoom for five o'clock the next day 
And I just knew that my time within the organization had came, you know, ultimately in more detail, it came down to this was one that hit the marketing organization harder than any of the others I had experienced in the past. But, you know, walked away from that with a different from Microsoft, a nice severance package that I could lean on to try and, you know, figure out where I where I go next. Incidentally, it was right with the timing of starting. You know, Austin, our our first cohort of the the Learning at Morning Brew program, I was actually aggressively job hunting during that program, but I had a lot of, you know, to to go through and Mm -hmm. maybe not so much, as you said, lean on the actual curriculum as heavily as really dive into that network. So COVID for, for myself outside of my professional journey showed me how I could supercharge my networking. I think a lot of people pulled back in COVID. And I found this inspiration through these communities like Learning at, Learning at Morning Brew to put the, 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 to put the gas, you know, the, the pedal, the foot on the gas to, to really push it forward. Uh, you know, I, I ended up landing a job with a series defunded cybersecurity startup out of the West Coast. I was leading the global demand and digital marketing practice. I spent five months in that role. And then in September of 2021, after uh, spending a nice restorative long weekend on a beach in Mexico with some friends from the West Coast, mm-hmm. wrote my resignation letter on the plane flying back to Boston, delivered it to my boss on Tuesday. Part of that actually did go back to the the uh, curriculum from Learning at Morning Brew, which, you know, a- any learning program, if you have those resources in perpetuity, you can go back and resource them. I went back and leveraged the regret minimization framework. You might remember that was the one that equated back to Jeff Bezos making the decision to stay in the the, the current role or build Amazon. But I used that framework to decision walking away from that full-time, that full-time role. Not knowing, not knowing where I wanted to go, but realizing I, I needed to go and build my own business. And I, I was 20 plus years sick of working for other people. I needed to prove to myself that I could do this. And, and that's a lot of what's driven through my own understanding and belief in, again, optimism and autonomy, allowing you to drive and succeed towards a path for growth. Amazing. And that's when you started your own baby that's, company. That's actually about a year before baby. the company became a real thing, though, right? <laughs> oh, it's, okay. It's a, talk about resilience. It's a long haul process to be an entrepreneur mm. and build something and stick with it because um, you know, I, I started that again, that first year of leaving the corporate world, I was having anywhere between three to seven 30 minute coffee chats with someone new in my network. And, you know, there are great platforms out there that you can leverage within communities like, uh, what uh, intros.ai, right. Is one of them mm-hmm. that can be used to drive those coffee chat conversations. I ended up driving that completely self-led through my own sort of outbound communication from a genuine, authentic standpoint, but had all of these deep conversations with a hugely diverse set of people within that first year of figuring out where I was going. I ended up um, 
that, that's what that that's like thousands of conversations right there <laughs> with a hugely diverse group of people. Yeah. So I've got a I I'm embarrassed to say I use Google, you know, Google Drive to take my notes. And I think I just started this ongoing document one day, but it's captured all of these notes over the last two years that I use as a resource to go back to as I, you know, continue to circle back with people and continue the conversation. And it also has allowed me as I fine tuned the path for my own business, it's allowed me to keep those notes front and center to help me iterate and evolve as a, as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. or a solopreneur, you need to be resilient and flexible. Those are the two real key things because, you know, any today's a cloudy, rainy day, right? What's hiding behind these clouds for tomorrow? It's the sun. The sun mm -hmm. is always there behind the clouds. Um, you can have a bad day, I've, I've, you know, or you can have a good day and the next day can be completely different. That's, that's really what I'm trying to say there. A hundred percent. So walk us through, uh, Michael, how are we? Do we need to get to questions? We good. We got a little bit. I do. I actually have a question for Adam. Sure. Um, if you don't mind me, Aussie, um, you and I, I have a very kind of not similar background, but I've been laid off um, a lot of it due to uh, COVID or financial reasons. Um, I was I've been laid off three times, um, but each time with that, I, I had that kind of mindset of you, right? Like it was an opportunity. It wasn't something to like drop me down. My question is for you is when you find a company, maybe you're working for them and they aren't fully uh maybe lining up with the values that you want to present or push out there or values that you believe is how corporations should be working yep. how can you use that kind of negative value space or anything to help yourself pivot to help yourself grow from it how can you like you know identify it move kind of go on there yeah that's you know it's 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 interesting to think about that because i i've gone through and gone through that same process right where mm -hmm. It's not necessarily, even going back into those early agency days that I mentioned earlier, it was understanding that that position, even though it didn't align with my value set, was giving, you know, putting a brick and mortar on top of another brick and mortar on top of another brick and mortar to build up to a higher level. So you, you it, it's sort of a, it's mental gymnastics to get there is the way I would describe it. It's, but it's about knowing that even through all the, what all, all, you know, it, it's BS through all the BS, there are still things that you can enable yourself to learn with. I've, I, I do this with my, my coaching clients as well. That's one of the things that if they're in a position that they're not feeling satisfied Think about what they're getting out of it that they can use to 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 step to that next role. There's always an opportunity to learn, even if it's you're not aligned, aligned to your value set, that can enable you to get to that value set in your next step or get closer to that value set in the next step. One of my one of my favorite visualizations that I have, you know, hanging up on the wall behind me. Um, you you've probably seen this, but it's it's the life paths that are closed to you today is in the middle and the life paths that are open to you. And you see, I love this visualization because, you know, you've got your born, you've got the dark line. That's the line that you've traced, but you see that there mm -hmm. are all of these tentacles of directions that you could have been pushed to or influenced to move to. Then you're at today. 
but look at all the opportunities ahead of you to pivot, learn, iterate, grow. That, that's one that I believe in my heart of hearts is so important through that resilience model to be able to step out and leverage, knowing that it, it's optimism. Like optimism counts for so, so much. I love that. Thank you. Um, but I uh, am going to say we're going to have to move to the questions. Yeah, judging segue. The segue it is. Um, all right. First question we got here. Um, what practices or habits can help individuals maintain their energy and motivation while pursuing an extraordinary energy. path to the future? Energy, focus, all that stuff. Yeah, how can we keep that? <laughs> get the crystal, energy. get the crystal up there, right? <laughs> yes. yes. In front of you and keeping that. No, but but honestly, it's it's finding those accountability partners is one big piece okay. of it. It's, it's whether it's friends whether it's people from your same intentional networks or you find new people who also need an accountability partner is, is so powerful because even, you know, even if they're not someone who's going to drive you to be optimistic or positive or stay resilient, there's someone who's going to be there and you, it, it's, it's a mental trick, right? To know mm -hmm. I don't do this. Um, you know, Austin's going to come at me in two weeks and go, how is this going? And that's enough, right, to be able to avoid that question and actually move towards uh, uh, forward progress. Mm -hmm. the, the other piece of it that I think is really important, I'm a big believer in my coaching practice of using uh, tools like the Japanese concept of Ikigai. So it's that, that reason for being, right? It's about... Uh, mm. what you love, what you can get paid for, what the world needs and what you're good at. Mm -hmm. and if you understand what sits in the middle of that, that Ikigai, that can help you understand what are the things that motivate you outside of work that can keep you on that path to resilience in, in accompaniment with your accountability partner. For, for me personally, I'm driven by music. I know. Mm -hmm. In a lot of the work that I do, when I hit a flow state, that is 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 driven by the music that I have, you know, in the background or the energy that I'm pulling out of that music that that helps keep me keep me driven. I understand that doesn't work for everybody in the world. Everyone's got a different set of tools that they can use, mm -hmm. um, and that ties into to what I'll mention is the third one is you need to step away from things also. It's like so that. much more valuable to, you know, to, to go take a 30 minute walk and mm -hmm. clear your head and don't have, don't have your AirPods in or don't have headphones on, listen to the nature that's around you and the things that are happening and absorb that into your thinking. It, it can be that it can be, you know, things like yoga. I was diving over the weekend into, um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's called non-sleep deep rest. It's NSDR, which what is, is like this sort of yoga nidra sort of way Do you of fall asleep. Wait, no, you don't walk you, me through this. You don't fall asleep. They're like nine. I'll send, I can send these also out, but it's a it's a really interesting platform to spend like eight minutes listening to, you know, um, uh, 
just listening to something to help drive increased focus or fall asleep or improve your energy. And it's, it's really a method of deep relaxation, right? So it's one of those refreshing things that you can leverage as a tool to reset yourself and get back to your, your center. One of the things that I was exposed to in my own learning journey to building my business was this concept of positive intelligence. And Positive Intelligence was a book uh, written by Shirzad Charmin, but I was part of a grant-based coaching program that that opened up this door to something that I've always believed and I've used, but I but I never had a way to categorize it and understand it. And that that opened that door to remap. It's about remapping those neural pathways to help enable the positive mindset and the sage and downplay mm-hmm. those self-saboteurs that drive the negative mindset. If you do that work, that can be hugely transformational on how you view any challenge in front of you and stay moving ahead towards it. But it, but it can be as simple as taking that, that walk outside, taking the dog for a walk, or just you know flipping around the corner to the coffee shop. It's about changing, changing things up a little bit that, that allows you to think more deeply and grow. Amazing. I'll bet. Um, next question. Could you provide some examples of common obstacles people encounter when trying to reframe their life's direction? And how can someone overcome that obstacle? Yep. Uh, he, he, oh, so, some of the clients that I've worked with have a situation where you send them, say, that ikigai, right? I'll, I'll, I'll tie back to that, to that Japanese concept for being. And it should be simple simple, right? You should have in each of those categories and they ladder up, it should be a handful of core things that really drive you. Some people, you know, have like, what can you get paid for? And they've got a list of like 25 things. And that's where I'm like, we need to prioritize, you know, go back, Mm. keep the list as it is, because these all drive you. But, but highlight the ones or bold the ones that are the core center of yourself. That's where you get to, 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 you know, that's where you need to get to answer the question from my perspective and, and how I've enabled clients. And also, you know, a- anything that I use within my coaching practice is, are things that I've proven out as useful for myself. Those have been hugely transformative for, for myself as well. Nice. When you talk about uh, prioritizing, right? Like when they make those choices and prioritize, is there a... Uh, I don't want to use the words right or wrong, but is there a stronger or weaker way to prioritize these things? There definitely is. Um, I'm, you know, even as a coach, I'm guilty. Coaches need coaches, right? And, um, but, but prioritization is hard because you have to have your goals set, you know, goal goal frameworks are, are, there are a dime a dozen out there to leverage. (laughs) Um, I'm a big fan of even though I don't employ it as strongly as I would like to but but you know I'm a human and I'm going to continue to evolve and get there is uh time blocking time blocking and laying out your day is such an important piece of it I'll even take that further and I've employed um what's called the dream week right mm, so dream week is dream. putting those things in place that are the core things that you need to get done each day. It's, it's like, oh, a, okay. it's a lighter version that it helps you get to really clearly time blocking, you know, mm-hmm. so you understand if you could do anything each day, 
you know, and, and use your time to the highest level, that dream week is what you want to achieve. Michael's been doing something like that. I was that. just going to bring it up. So not to, you know, bring it back to products, but there's a product out there called Motion. Um, and uh, it's an a- it has a core of AI in terms of scheduling. And it lets you put in tasks and put in projects and give them duration. And you can split it, split it up like, oh, you can do these in hour segments or three hour segments, et cetera. Okay. And it lets you, it, it plans your week for you accordingly. And you can do reoccurring tasks and everything like that. But let's say like today I have this and then right after um, I have another meeting and then I have have a time scheduled to answer some emails. Let's say after my next meeting, it runs long. I don't have time to answer emails. I can choose a different task, hit start task, and it just reassesses my whole week, plans everything again, changes everything it needs to do in order to get what I need accomplished, accomplished in that time interesting yeah it's been super helpful i will say it's it's in its new stages so right it's a new company it's growing it's it's trying to figure out what it is but it is incredibly intuitive and um there's just some user experience stuff that you know all companies work through as because you know you give it to the public they have they have their own things to say but like the amount of time and things that I've been able to get accomplished in my brain feels so much clearer because I have a lot of ADHD problems and focus problems that way. So like the way that my brain fears feels clearer to like plan out this perfect week, like you said, it's a, it's great. Like I can look at my, when you said perfect week, I was like, I know exactly what my perfect week looks like. I wake yeah. up, I clean for an hour. I do meditation. I do work. Like it just, I already do you meditate. Yeah. Every day, I, I try to do it every day. I at least get I at least get five minutes in every day, but I try to do ten to twenty. So I mean, I applaud you for that. Also, yeah. right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's about it, it's you know, it it takes help from other people to uncover what those right paths are as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, in my coaching practice, um, one of the things that I that I believe as well that that I that I just believe from a philosophical standpoint there's a less than 5% of humans on earth who can do this, right? But the mm-hmm. fully optimized human would have a therapist that's there to help solve for issues that have happened in the past, a mentor who's helping keeping you, it's a little bit of energy, but it's someone who's on the same path as you on a day-to-day basis. And then a coach where I come in is someone who's helping to drive you forward into the future and build that path forward. But employing those three things that's a lot of time to have all of those it's also there's some financial investment that that comes you know at least with the two on the edge Hmm. but that can allow you to get to higher levels and get to better places with those people who aren't necessarily accountability partners but they're helping you to understand yourself better another one that, that, that you'd probably appreciate here also is this idea of a time audit system right? So it's, it's listing out all of the tasks that you have in front of you and then categorizing them into, is it an energy thing? Is it a delegate thing? Is it an eliminate thing? Or is it an automate thing? And then Mm. categorizing those helps you break those tasks down and, you know, use them in the right, the right, obviously you have to have this, you know, in building your own business, you have to scale that up a little bit. Like you can't go and necessarily automate 50 different things because there's there's a cost involved there. But at least you can categorize them for where you want to go in the future as you, you build your business or, or operate in your day to day. Nice. 
All right, last question, and this will bring us kind of into the conclusion as well. Um, but <laughs> Adam, uh, like you've been talking with us, you're a coach, you like to help people like get through this. What are some, other than reaching out to you specifically um, and asking for your assistance, what are some specific like tools, resources, what are some things that you can kind of uh, drive people towards to like give them a little bit of direction and then you know, come and talk to you after that. So, <laughs> um, there's, there's definitely, I'll, I'll go back to positive intelligence. If you go to positiveintelligence.com, there's a saboteur, a free saboteur assessment that takes less than five minutes that helps you understand what those core sab, you know, accomplice saboteurs are. That's a valuable tool. The, the biggest saboteur that everyone has is the judge, right? And the judge is the judge of self the judge of others or the judge of situations. Mm. These are those accomplice saboteurs. Um, my, my biggest self-saboteur is the pleaser, where mm. I give, 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 mm. and I don't ask, ask, ask. Oh, same. <laughs> That's three, me. Three pleasers on this podcast right now. <laughs> and, and I'm getting I'm better. And identifying, that, identifying those things allows you to start to think about them and keep them front and center and, and operate around those. So that's that saboteur assessment, you know, there are tons of um, surveys you can take out there on the internet. That's a fantastic one because it gets to that deeper level of operating system than, than a lot of the others that are more, you know, fluffier or, you know, acutely directional in terms of what they're providing. Yeah. Uh, the other the other name that I'll throw out there um, that, that I've gotten a lot of inspiration from is Sahil Bloom. So Sahil Bloom has his, you know, Curiosity Chronicle, which comes uh, a couple times a week. And it's it's outside of, you know, how to grow a business. There's a lot of great thought leadership out there in terms of solopreneurs and how to do that. His is more about curiosity than anything else. And I find that hugely, hugely valuable for myself. It's got frameworks in it each week. It's got fantastic links to questions or content that's that's a hugely inspirational free resource out there in the world to um get behind if i could if i could drop my referral link in there i would totally <laughs> but you know that's that's okay so those are just a couple but you know it's about figuring out what those right things are for where your values are and there's a mm -hmm. ton of resource uh, you know sets of resources out there that people can dive into that are free <laughs> yeah how does your coaching practice work? Is it like a one time you do or is it more long term? Yeah, my I, I really, uh, Austin, am, am more focused on transformational coaching. So it's about okay. those long term relationships. Nice. Uh, because I'm built around that idea of, of mental fitness and use mm. that framework of positive intelligence. It's about unlocking that path to growth and then staying accountable towards it in the long haul for the greater good and the greater benefit of leadership and growth. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on. This was so helpful. I'm excited to do the saboteurs thing. Yeah. I had never heard of the positive intelligence.com. I, I will, I will link those back over as well so that you can have those as a resource, but really, you know, it's, it's about using these tools and, having someone there to, to help drive you, you forward. I'll also mention just at the tail end, um, I'm in the early stages of actually writing a book around the idea of oh, you nice. know, optimism and autonomy. Um, you know, the, the way that I think about it, 
Traditionally, I think you categorize people. One of the ways that we categorize people, and I hate putting people in boxes, but one of the ones that we hear so frequently is you're either a glass half full or a glass half empty person. And through those tools of optimism and account and autonomy, I think you can actually fill your own glass half full. So that's kind of the framework of, of the book that I'm working on right now. That'll be, um, you know, more closer to finished by the end of the year. And then, then we we're excited for the book. I think you have a lot of exciting things. Your website is just your name, right? It is. It's adamwbarney.com. Mm-hmm. Everyone check out Adam. If you have any question, he's an open book um, <laughs> on LinkedIn and all that good stuff. And definitely set up a consultation session to see. I, I love I love to, to, to have a nice foundational call with people to understand yeah. what the right direction is to go from. It's a starting point that then hopefully influences a, a further relationship. And I'm also someone who truly does believe that that the right clients that I get are, I want to help them, but mm. ultimately I also want to learn something from them and get something of course. From, from a learning perspective out of Student that. Student for life. Exactly. <laughs> that was the WeWork model when exactly. I was there. Exactly, right. For that cult. For that cult. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adam, for coming Thank on. You, Thank Adam. you, Adam. Thank you, Michael, so for organizing. Thanks for the listeners. And we'll be back we'll in be two back. weeks with another fun episode. Woo! All right. Have a beautiful day. Work hard. Thank Bye, you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.